0: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, you sound like you're a little cold and rusty. Let's try this again. Good morning. Good, Good morning. morning. All right, let's stand up. Let's get warmed up. Praise the Lord today for this Thanksgiving season. This song reminds us we bring the sacrifice of praise. Herein. We bring the sacrifice of praise. Sacrifice of praise Into the house Of the Lord We bring the sacrifice Worship his majesty this morning. Worship Majesty There we go. Majesty. Worship.
1: Good morning, Briansburg. It is so good to see you this morning. I hope you've had a great week. And I hope you're here for the one reason that I'm here and that I believe we're all here. And that is to worship our risen Savior, Jesus Christ, because He is worthy. For those of you that are joining us through television or through Facebook Live, I want to welcome you. Glad you're with us today. I'm Brother Brad Walker. I'm the pastor here at Brinesburg Baptist Church, and we're very glad to have you with us today. For those of you on Facebook Live, if you will, there in the comments section, let us know of your attendance by putting your name there and any prayer need that you might have. We'd love to be able to pray for you. And very glad to have you with us today. Perhaps this is your first opportunity to be with us here at Brinesburg within the worship center. And uh, we're glad to have you here today as well, if you will, there in the pew in front of you. Uh, grab that card that's there and if you'll fill that out and place it in that offering plate that's on the large round table in the foyer as you're leaving this morning. We appreciate that. It helps us to know of your attendance. But more important to us, it helps us to know how we can minister for, to you and to your family and how we can pray for you and your family. And so very glad to have you with us this morning. I hope you've noticed things going on this week in your bulletin. Uh, This evening we're going to be able to have a very special service, one of our uh, favorite services of the year, which is our Thanksgiving meal as well as our Operation Christmas Child Packing Party. Uh, I love this service because it gives us the opportunity to do two things that I love, one of them being able to give testimonies of thanksgiving it's just always amazing during this service um, to just hear how God has worked in and through so many of your lives even when it's been a difficult year just the testimony of God's faithfulness and and the comfort and the strength that he brings but then also to be able to do hands-on missions as we are able to put together 300 boxes this evening that we'll be able to send uh, through Operation Christmas Child Uh, to children throughout the world and to be able to get the gospel to them through uh, the Greatest Journey Bible Study that will affect not just those kids, but it will affect their families. That's why we do what we do here. And so uh, we appreciate you throughout the year collecting all of those goodies and then being able to to not be able to put those together will be a wonderful time of celebration. Uh, our meal tonight will be catered at 6 o'clock, but we would ask if you would please bring desserts. And so it'll be a catered meal. If you'll bring your, your favorite dessert, we'll have plenty and it'll be a great night together. So we're looking forward to that this evening. I continue to want to remind you on Monday mornings at 630 to 650, uh, we're having prayer time. We've had some good numbers of folks showing up. And then on Wednesday nights from 630 to 650, we're having our prayer groups. And so I uh, hope that you can be a part of one of those times as the Lord has been using that in a powerful way. Uh, We continue to have very important rehearsals for our upcoming musical, uh, Come Messiah King. And so that's at 4.30 this evening for our choir. Try to make sure that you're here for that, as there are not many rehearsals left. Um, So you see those items that pertain to you and your family. Uh, Make sure that you uh, are putting those in your calendar and, and making those a priority. Again, this morning we do have many on our prayer list again today and we certainly want to remember all of these who have just had surgeries, recovering from surgeries, uh, going through treatments for different illnesses and then just the stuff that's going around right now. I I, I know many of us are uh, kind of being affected by that. We've got some folks that aren't with us this morning just because of sickness that's going around and we want to pray that uh, all of our folks will get well and be back together very, very soon and uh, most importantly though this morning we want to pray for the lost We want to pray for those that do not yet have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that we might have the opportunity to be the one who goes and has the opportunity to share the gospel. Has the opportunity to invite them to church. Has the opportunity to have that gospel conversation. And we know that as we are obedient to do what God's called us to do, the Holy Spirit himself is going to do the work that only he can do, which is the saving of souls and the moving of people from spiritual death to spiritual life. And so we pray for that again this morning. So with that in mind, let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Lord Heavenly Father, as we come before you this morning, we thank you for your great love. The great love that would cause you to come to us, even in our sinfulness, even in our rebellion. That Lord, you, you loved us so much that you came to rescue us. And you lived as a man, Lord, you experienced the things that we experience yet without sin. We thank you for going to the cross. We thank you for paying our sin debt in full with your precious blood there at the cross of Calvary. Lord, we are thankful that you were willing to even go to the grave, Lord. And Lord, that three days later, you arose victorious over sin, death, hell, and the grave. And because of that, Lord, we know that we can have a relationship with you. And so, Lord, this morning, I pray for those who do not know you, those who are here this morning, and they're not here by chance, they're not here by accident, they're here by divine appointment. Lord, you desire to allow them to hear of your great love. You desire for them to hear of, of your plan for them to be in relationship with you. And so, Lord, I pray for many to come to know you as Savior and Lord today, whether they're here or watching on television or on Facebook Live, Lord, that they would respond to you today. But, Lord, we also recognize we have many who are struggling health-wise right now. Pray for your healing hand to be upon them. Lord, we pray for strength that only you can bring to their ailing bodies. Lord, I pray for broken relationships inside of families. Lord, I pray for the financial difficulty that is just completely stressing out moms and dads. And, Lord, you just do a work within their lives. Lord, this morning we're here. We desire to hear from you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: let's thank the lord for the cross it says
1: this morning as we come up to our time of prayer here at the altar i know there are many needs within this place many things that we have brought in with us that are burdens upon our heart and as we begin our time of of worship together rather than just waiting for the end of the service we want to give the opportunity right here at the beginning of the service to come and to spend time at the altar to prepare your heart for what god wants to speak to you about and whatever that need might be whether you want to be here just you and the lord or you want to bring a family member or friend to To pray with you and support you in that we want you to know this is a time for you to just give your heart over the lord allow him to have whatever that burden is and and trust him to take it and and don't try to take it back up again so this morning with every head bowed with all eyes closed the altar is open let's spend time in prayer together As we come before you this morning, we thank you for the privilege of prayer. Lord, we thank you for the fact that we are able to come before you and to know that as we come before your throne of grace, that Lord, not only do you hear us, but that Lord, you respond to us and that our prayers make a difference. Lord, and as we lift up our loved ones who are lost, as we lift up those who are a burden upon our heart, because we know of, of how they're physical bodies are ailing, Lord, as we lift up the relationships that are broken and we don't understand how they could ever be put back together again, as we lift up the financial stress, Lord, as we lift up all of those things that so easily could distract us from hearing from you today, Lord, we give them over to you and we trust you with it. And Lord, this morning, I, I pray that you would allow our hearts to truly be focused upon you, to truly be focused upon you as we continue to sing, as we, as we study your word lord speak to us speak to us in a new and a fresh way lord and help us to see how we are to respond to you even today to your honor and glory well we love you it's in jesus name we pray amen
0: starts out with how can i say thanks how can we ever say thanks enough for what god has done for us The song called my tribute Which it says we give God all the glory for what we have, God. Let's say it together. Be the glory. God and God alone Created all these things we call our own From the mighty to the small The glory in them all Is God's and God's alone God and God alone reveals the truth we all we call unknown And all the best and worst of man won't change the master's plan It's God's And God's alone God and God alone is fit to take the universe's throne. Let everything that lives reserve.
1: Thank you, Brother Rockney, for that special music. And uh, some of you are yawning this morning already. I think that must be because I heard several of you were doing, uh, what is it, personal evangelism in the woods this weekend or something? Saw some deer. I don't know if they got witness to or what, but thankful to be together this morning and thankful to have the opportunity to worship together, thankful to have the opportunity to study God's Word together. And as we continue our study through Genesis, this morning we're going to be in Genesis chapter 5. And we're going to be looking specifically at verses 1 through 5, but then we'll look at different parts of the chapter as we continue, as we focus on the subject of a time for everything. And so as you're turning there to Genesis chapter 5, Let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Lord, we do thank you this morning for the opportunity to join together in worship. Lord, we thank you for the fact that you have given us the opportunity in this life to prepare for the end of this life and for eternity to follow. Lord, that you have given us every opportunity to know who you are. Lord, through general revelation, we know there is a God and we know he is A powerful God because he created everything around us and we can simply look at the splendor of creation and and we can look up in the heavens and see the expanse of creation and we know that there is a designer, but yet you went beyond just allowing us to know that there is a creator and a God to knowing specifically who he is. It is our Lord, it is our Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the agent of all creation. He is the very word itself. And so, Lord, we thank you for allowing us to know who you are and allowing us to know that not only do you love us, but you love us so much that you came and you died for our sins upon the cross of Calvary. You love us so much that you didn't stay in that grave, that you arose on the third day. And so, Lord, we have an opportunity to prepare to prepare for eternity by entering into relationship with you Lord this morning I know that I've got some friends that have not yet prepared they are unprepared this morning they are lost and so Lord today I pray that you would help them to recognize that yes there is a time for everything and today is the time of their salvation today is the day for them to turn away from sin and turn to you because Lord you love them and you desire a relationship with them today. Lord, this is a day that for those of us who have that relationship with you, for us to recognize that we have been called to share with those around us, to warn those around us that life is not forever in this world, that we must be prepared. And so, Lord, help our hearts to be stirred to go and to share this gospel message with a lost and dying world. Lord, I know that I am a very weak vessel. Lord, I pray that you might hide me behind the cross that only you'd be seen and only you'd be heard. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One of the most famous passages in the Old Testament, I would say, is found there in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And here in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, we see Solomon as he begins to think about life and to think about the seasons of life. And in the first verse and a half, Solomon explains to everything there is a season. And a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to be born. Of course, we all recognize that we celebrate the birth of newborn babies. And we do that for good reason. It's an exciting time. There is such joy, there's such hope in that new life that has just been brought into the world. And what that life will accomplish, all that will come out of that child's life, to just dream about what they will accomplish, what they will do in the world, is is something to celebrate. And so we celebrate the birth of new children. And yet, we also are reminded in that verse that there is not just a time to be born But there is also an appointed time for each of us to die. A few weeks ago, I went down to Calloway County, which is where I grew up, where I'm from. And I visited my family cemeteries on the east side of Calloway County. And when I say family cemeteries, I do that on purpose because there's two of them. And they're actually right across the street from one another. It's kind of a a unique situation that my dad's side of the family is uh, mostly buried on one side of the road, and my mom's side of the family is actually buried on the other side of the road. I'm not going to explain to you what that means, um, but let's just say I have double cousins. Uh, <laughs> but in Callaway County, if you met somebody, they were probably related to somebody else, who a, a, another person in your family knew, and so there's, if you're from the east side of Callaway County, families, they, they married each other. And so uh, all of us are buried in one one particular place. And so because of that, I can go to that one spot on the east side of Callaway County. And on my dad's side, there are grandparents. There's great-grandparents. There's great-great-grandparents. There are, I have an uncle now there. I have many other family members who are there now. And I can go to the place that they're buried. I can go to the other side of the road, and that's where my my grandparents are, and great-grandparents, and, and it's just, you learn a lot when you walk into a cemetery, not just about death, but there is a lot that we can learn about life. And so, sometimes cemeteries can remind us of, of things about our past. If you've ever had the opportunity to, to go to a cemetery, I know that the one that my, my mom's side of the family is buried in um, there's a lot of the graves that I guess were moved when the lake was formed or out there uh, in those particular cemeteries. And um, a lot of times they didn't know whose who's grave that was. And so they would move some dirt and they'd move a stone to represent that that's where remains were. But there's there's no other information there. If you've ever been to Civil War cemeteries, um, there will be a tombstone. And the only information that will be there would be a a name of a state because they knew what company this person was from they knew what state they had come from that they were fighting for but that's all the information that is given and that that's a grave that I'm sure there's a person buried there but their family never knew their family never knew what happened to them their family never probably knew specifically where they were buried and and that's sad Um, but sometimes Sometimes cemeteries, if you go in and, and you look around and you read different things on stones, they can reveal humor. Sometimes they can reveal deep philosophy. Uh, a couple different epitaphs that show those two uh, extremes is uh, one epitaph read, Raised four daughters with one bathroom, and still there was love. And uh, If you if you, got, you got daughters, I'm sure you understand the meaning behind that and, uh, and, and how much uh, that meant that there was still love in that family. Another beautifully has Psalm 23. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. There's much that can be learned. Here in Genesis chapter 5, it's all about life and death. There are some important life and death issues that are discussed here in the first five verses of Genesis chapter 5. Important lessons about, lying, about dying and, and important lessons about living. There is a time for everything we see here in chapter 5. And it's important that we learn from the lives, and yes, even from the deaths, of these first people on the earth. And so with that in mind, please stand with me in honor of the reading of God's Word. Genesis 5, verses 1 through 5. This is the book of the generations of Adam in the day that God created man in the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created thee them and blessed them and, called them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. And Adam lived 160 and 30 years and he begat a son in his own likeness after his image and he called his name Seth. And the days of Adam after he had begotten Seth were 800 years, and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. You may be seated. We can learn a lot from these five verses. And one of the first things that I want you to see this morning is that we are all leaving. We are all leaving. Now, I want you to notice in your notes as well as on the screens behind me that there is an asterisk there, and I want you to keep that asterisk in mind when we get to the end of our time together this morning. But we are all leaving. What does that mean? Well, it's that refrain that we hear at the end of verse 5. All of this happened in Adam's life he begat seth he lived a life where he had other sons and daughters he accomplished many things but at the end of it all and he died that phrase is mentioned eight different times here in chapter 5 and he died it is mentioned here in chapter 5 verse 5, and in verse 8, and in verse 11, and in verse 14, and verse 17, and in verse 20, and in verse 27, and in verse 31. We have all of these men who lived lives, and they had sons, and they had daughters, and they died. You see, death was the prescribed punishment for our rebellion against God. We chose to push God away. God desired a relationship with us where we got to live in paradise, where we got to enjoy Him in relationship with Him, walking in the cool of the day. And yet we chose to push God away. We chose to rebel against God. We chose to believe a lie rather than to believe the truth that God had shared with us. And what was that truth? The truth was the promise that was given in Genesis chapter 7, verse 17. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Death is the prescribed punishment for our sin, for our rebellion, for us sinning against God himself. The promise was the day that you eat of that, death is going to begin to enter into the world. That promise was questioned though. It was questioned by Satan himself in Genesis 3, 4. And the serpent said to the woman, Ye shall not surely die. Satan, Satan is saying to, to us, Don't believe God. He's not telling you the truth. There's nothing but, but something to gain from eating of that tree. There's nothing to worry about. There's no, there's no consequences. Don't worry about what God said. And yet, when sin entered into the world, what happened? Death entered in with it. And so we immediately, it seems, see that Cain. Becomes jealous of his brother Abel because God accepted Abel's sacrifice. He accepted Abel himself because of the fact that he had come to him in the prescribed way. But Cain, in his offering, and himself, he was not accepted by God because his heart was not right. And so Cain killed his brother Abel. And at that point, death became a part of the human condition. In fact, Paul tells us in Romans 5, 12-14... Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed unto all men, for that all have sinned, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the substitute of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come." So we see here that Abel was the first to die. He was killed. He was killed by his brother. But then we see that Adam was the first to die. A natural death of natural causes from old age, you might say. And most of the men who are mentioned here in chapter 5, in this particular passage, lived 900 plus years. That's a long life. Even those who only lived 365 years. I want you to think about that. Little pop quiz. How old is the United States of America? Come on. 240 Good grief. 6 <laughs> Wake up. All right. I'm sorry. First grade math too hard. All right. All right. All right, is that more or less than 300? Less, all right. We'll just do greater than, less than. That's easier, okay. Like a multiple choice test here, all right. Uh, I, I, some of you told me you were sleepy. You meant it, okay. So even those who only live 365 years, they live far longer than our nation has been an independent nation. And so when you think about 900 years, is 900... Larger or smaller than 300? It's larger. That's right. Three times larger. That's, uh, that's too much math. Okay. Those are long lives. Those are very long lives. Today, if somebody lives to be 100 years old, we put, her on, put them on a smucker's jar, and they get to be on the Today Show. I mean, these are people who lived three times, nine times longer than that. These were long lives. But death came anyway. Whether it was 20 years, 80 years, 100 years, 365 years, or 900 plus years, death came anyway. Because death was now part of life. It reminds us that death may delay, death may delay in coming. But it will come anyway. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. God determined the length of their days. And the length of their days was great for those first peoples. But when those days were over, they left this world. They died. Job 14, 14. If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. Psalm 39, verse 4. Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days what it is that I may know how frail I am. And listen to Hebrews nine twenty-seven, And as it is appointed... Unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. Did you hear that word? Appointed. There has been an appointed day when our life will be over here in this world, in this life. From the instant that we are born, from the instant that our mother gave birth to us, we began the countdown towards death. In every cemetery, and every funeral home, and every hearse is another reminder that death is coming, and that we really can't do anything about it. Every reminder is there that death is coming, and that we must be prepared. Death is a reminder that we have an opportunity in life to prepare. This life is a time of preparation. You see, no one is prepared to live until they are first prepared to die. And the question comes, are you prepared? Are you prepared this morning to leave this world? You can be. You can be prepared. You should be prepared. You must be prepared. If you look in Scripture, it didn't matter how powerful a man was. He could be the king, and death still came. He couldn't do anything about it. And so then the question comes, okay, if we must be prepared, then how does one prepare? Well, I'm glad you asked that question because it's very simple. For any of you who have ever been to Vacation Bible School at Bryan's for Baptist Church, you know on the very first day of Vacation Bible School on Monday when you come to Salvation Station, you learn that salvation as easy as your what? ABCs. Somebody came to VBS. I heard it. ABCs. It's simple. A, we admit to God that we are a sinner. And we repent, meaning we turn away from our sin. We admit to God that we have sinned. We admit to God that although we have sinned against other people, chiefly we have sinned against God. And to repent means that we have been walking in our own direction. We've been doing our own thing. We turn away from our sin and we come to Christ. B stands for what? Believe. I'm glad I have young people in the front. They're actually answering me. Uh, believe. What are we believing? We're believing that Jesus Christ truly is the Son of God and we're placing our faith in him for salvation. And then C stands for confess. We're confessing that Jesus Christ is our Lord. And so as we do that it is it's a simple process but have we done it? Acts chapter 16 verse 31 and they said believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Romans 10, 9 through 10, very familiar for most of us, I'm sure, that if thou shalt confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And then in Romans 10, 13, For whosoever, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. We are all leaving. But it's also important to remember that we are all living. We are all living. All of these men died, but it's also important to remember that all of them lived. And they lived different lengths of time. Adam lived 930 years. Seth lived 912 years. Enos lived 905 years. Canaan lived 910 years. Uh, Mahala Eli lived 895 years. Jared lived 962 years. Methuselah who knows how long Methuselah lived good job you get a prize right after church okay 969 years who was the oldest man in in all of scripture Methuselah that's right and then there was Lamech who lived 777 years so different lengths of time death though is a reality it's a reality for people of all ages it's a reality uh, not just for old people who have lived long lives, but death can come to young people as well. The first man to die was Abel. And from everything we can see, Abel was a young man. Life is a certainty. Life is as uncertain to us as the grass of the field, and it is as temporary as the morning fog. And so regardless of its length, it does pass swiftly. And as we get older, it passes even more swiftly, it would seem. As a child, how long did it feel like it took to get from Thanksgiving to Christmas? I mean, it just crawled by. And now we're thinking, was there any time to get the shopping done? Uh, It just, it whips by. Because life is short. We're told of the rich fool in the parable that Jesus gives us there in Luke chapter 12, verses 16 through twenty. And Jesus spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns, and I will build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, So thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thy fool, this night, thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall these things be which thou hast provided? He had his IRA. His retirement was all set up. He had had saved everything. It would seem that he was a man who was in the prime of his life. And yet he died. He died when the future held the greatest promise and life was at its greatest and the most potential. But death came anyway. He said, but I've got all this stored up. I've built these greater barns. I've got all these things. I've got to be able to kick back and enjoy them. And the Lord says, no, your appointed time has come. Now who will inherit all of your stuff? Only the foolish live their lives with no thought for the end of life. We are not to worry about tomorrow, for the Lord holds tomorrow in his hands. But we are to live our lives in view of life's uncertainty and of its eventual end and how quickly it will come. We are alive today, but we may not be alive tomorrow. We may not be alive this evening. Things happen. When you pull out on to... Brinesburg Road or on to 641 or, or 68. Life is uncertain. There could be a diagnosis at the next doctor's visit. You see, the old must die and the young may die. We have not been guaranteed when that time will come. Are you prepared now for the end of life? But then thirdly, Not only are we all leaving, not only are we all living, but we are all looking. I want you to go back to that asterisk. Remember that asterisk we had concerning death? Here's the reason for that asterisk. Beside the words, we are all leaving, or we are all dying. Not everyone in chapter 5 died. You say, what? Look at Genesis chapter 5, verses 21 through 24. And Enoch lived 60 and 5 years, and he begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years, and begat sons and daughters, and all the days of Enoch were 300 years and 65 years, listen, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. God raptured him. Enoch left this world alive. It's startling to read that because throughout the rest of the chapter, we we read that they were were born, that their, their father begat them, and they lived a certain number of years, and then they had a son, and then they had other sons and other daughters, and they lived, and then they died, and he died, and he died, and he died. Wait, but not Enoch. And he was not. For God took him. You see, Enoch is a light in a very dark chapter. He's an example of life in the place of death. Enoch is an example of a person who walked by faith. Faith brings God's salvation to our souls. How was Abraham saved? Would he, was he saved by his works? No, he was saved because he believed God's promise. God gave him a promise, and ultimately it was the promise of calvary it was the it was the promise that messiah would come that there was a promised one who would come and that he would not just live a life but that he would die and that he would rise again that there was hope for tomorrow and and abraham believed god he believed the promise of god he had faith and that faith brought salvation 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 brings with it eternal life And therefore, death has no power over those who have been saved by the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those who have placed their faith in him need not fear death. Faith. Some of the redeemed, like Enoch, will have the opportunity to miss out on physical death. They won't have to worry about death. Enoch is the picture of those believers who will be alive when Jesus comes and when he raptures his church and they do not have to taste death. Of those who are alive in that day, they will not have to taste death itself ever because they will be raptured by the Lord. And just as surely as we need to be prepared for the arrival of death, we need to be looking for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to be found doing just that. I want to be found watching and waiting and longing for him. How about you? Are you doing that? Revelation chapter 22, verse 20. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. I wonder this morning, listen to me folks, I wonder, are you looking forward to the coming of the Lord, or are you hoping with everything within you that it is not today because you are not prepared? Every day are you getting up and saying, I hope that I have not made a mistake because I have not entered into a relationship with Christ, and I am not ready, and so I hope it's not today. I hope I can put it off one more day because I do not have a relationship with Jesus. There is a time for everything. And today is the time for you to give your life to Jesus. For you to stop putting it off for tomorrow. And for you to trust in him. One epitaph says this. Grim death took me without any warning. I was well at night and dead in the morning. Another says, here lies Joyce. She'd rather not, but she had no choice. We don't have a choice. Death is coming. Are you prepared? And when death does come, how will it find you? I'm not scared of death, and I'll tell you why. I'm not scared of death because I know that when this life is over, I'm going to leave this world in the mess that it's in, and I'm going to go home to heaven. Now, why is that? Is it because, is it because I'm a Baptist preacher? No. Is it because I'm a member of Brinesburg Baptist Church? No. Is it because I have parents and grandparents and great-grandparents who had a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? No. I'm not scared of death because at the age of nine, I was saved by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not because I'm worthy, but because of his great grace and mercy. When he died at the cross of Calvary, his blood paid my sin debt in full. And as a nine-year-old boy, I accepted that. And that blood was applied to my life. And because of that, when I leave this life, I will immediately be with my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in heaven. That is why I don't fear death. But what about you? What are you trusting when death comes? Are you trusting your good works? They won't get you there. Are you trusting the fact that you're a Baptist? It won't get you there. Are you trusting the fact that mom and dad bring you to church? It won't get you there. If you don't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, then you will spend an eternity separated from him. I have certainty, complete and total certainty and assurance of my salvation because my only hope is Jesus Christ. Now, I don't want to be morbid, but I want you to understand that death is coming, that this life will end at some point, and when it does, where will you go? Lord Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for the opportunity that you give us to prepare. And Lord, that we don't prepare on our own through our own good works or our own good deeds, but that we prepare by accepting what you have already done at the cross of Calvary. We prepare by giving our heart and our life over to you and accepting what Jesus Christ has already done. And so Lord, this morning, I want to pray for my friends who are here that do not yet know you as Savior and Lord. And I pray that even right now, they are understanding the most important thing that they can do in the next few moments is to give their heart to you. To step out and to say yes to a relationship with you, to your honor and to your glory. Lord, get me out of the way. We only want you to be seen. Fortune in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.